You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Union Road Presbyterian Church. For more information, join us on Facebook or visit our website at unionroad.org.uk. I've entitled this sermon today, folks, a day and an hour to remember. The First World War lasted for four years, three months, and one week. The Second World War lasted for six years and one day. Ten years, three months, one week, and one day of war combined. A day and an hour to remember. As we've come today to remember those who gave their lives in the First and Second World Wars, but also subsequent conflicts as well, we are reminded again and again and again that those people were prepared to go. They were prepared to sign up. They were prepared to live through the bombs and the bullets and the trenches and the terrible weather as did many even in recent days, even in our own land. Not only were they prepared to go, but they were also prepared to reflect on going. My mum's two late uncles fought in the Second World War, and when they came home, they never spoke about it. It wasn't something to rejoice in, and they kept stewing about it because as they reflected on it they were gravely affected by the things that they saw and the things that they came home to and folks as we think about those who gave their lives and those who were prepared to go we also need to be mindful of being ready ourselves. But ready for what? Ready for eternity. That's the bottom line. Ready for eternity. The passage that we read today is entitled here in the ESV, No One Knows That Day and Hour. No one except the Father. And folks, we need to be prepared for eternity now, not tomorrow, not next week, not some other time when you're older and your hair's grayer than what it is now. Now. We need to be prepared in our own individual lives. We need to be prepared as a body of people. We need to be prepared as a community. We need to be prepared as Union Road Presbyterian Church to be mindful of the fact that Jesus is coming again. We need to have a readiness for eternal things. And there's three things that I want to leave you with today as we remember this day and this hour. Verses 36 to 39, a day, or an hour, sorry, for reckoning. No one knows 
Not even the angels of heaven or the Son of Man concerning that day and hour, no one knows, but for the Father only. This day and hour, whenever Jesus Christ is going to come back again, is real. It's not a figment of somebody's imagination. It's not a fairy story. It's not something that's made up. It's real. And it will come in a split second, known only to God the Father. And what's going to happen in that split second? What's going to happen in that real hour? Well, the Son of Man, the Son of God, is going to come and claim his own. And the very angelic hosts do not know when that point in time is. But the Father only. That's real. It's not made up. But what are these days going to be like? It says in the next verse, For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And then what happened? Verse 39, they were unaware. Not only is this hour of reckoning going to be a real hour, but it's going to be a resounding hour. When unrelenting evil and wickedness will be no more. What were the days of Noah like? Terrible days, folks. Awful days. Days of great sin. Days of great unrighteousness. People love them however they wanted. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like 2022? Of course it does. Days of evil. We know from Scripture that Noah built an ark. And he built an ark of safety. And what happened around them? They laughed at him. They thought it was hilarious. They thought that there was something wrong with them. I remember going to visit in Belfast, and <clears throat> there was a wee lady says to me, "Son, are you not married?" I says, "No." She says, "There's something wrong with you." And she said it literally like that in a Belfast accent. There's something wrong with you. I says, "No." She says, I never met the right one. She says, well, it could be sticky enough if you met the wrong one. That's what she said. That's how she responded. There's a day and an hour coming. Whenever it's going to be like the days of Noah again. The people thought Noah was mad. Thought he wasn't right in the head. They laughed at him. Openly. Why would you build an ark in the middle of a dry piece of ground so there's no water? What are you doing? You can just hear them. And then, in a split second, the rain came. What were they doing in those days? Well, they were eating their fill. They were pigging out. They were drinking. They were marrying. They were giving in marriage. They were going on with life as if nothing was ever happening. And then the flood came. 
And folks, the flood of evil that has permeated our world from Christ's day and before is a flood that is difficult to hold back. But when Christ comes again, that flood will come to an end. Those difficulties that you have faced as a believer will be no more. But that flood that will come when Christ comes back, as in the days of Noah, so will be in his return, will be a flood that will wash clean all things. And those who are unresponsive to the gospel and those who are unsaved at that time, what a terrible day that will be for you, if you are. That will be a resounding day of victory and glory for those who believe, those who are saved. That will be a resounding day of defeat, ignominy, and a lost eternity for those who are lost. And I don't say that with any sense of achievement. I don't say that because I'm happy about it, because I'm not. I say that using my ordinary face, whatever that looks like. You see, all the, the reality of it will hit where it hurts. Not only will that be a resounding day, but it will be a redoubtable day. There will never be a day like that ever again. It says, They were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. Verse 39, So will be the coming of the Son of Man. When Christ comes back, there will never have been a day like it, neither will there ever be one again. All the self-pleasing, all the self-interestedness, if there is such a word, will be swept into eternity. There will be no warning. Christ will come back on the clouds of heaven. But there will be no flood of water. But there will be an eternal flood of fear for those who are unsaved and unchanged and unaware and unthinking an hour of reckoning what about the hour of redemption verses 40 to 42 talks about two men and two women verse 42 men will be in the field one will be taken one left two women will be grinding at the mill one will be taken one left therefore stay awake for you do not know when your Lord is coming what do we have here? Well, we've got two people with two identical job descriptions, but two people who don't have an identical uh, eternity. Out in the field doing a normal day's work, at the mill grinding away, just two plain examples of two individuals, one who had responded and one who made, remained unresponsive to the gospel. Two identical jobs, one prepared, one not. There's a revelation here as well. Because Christ will come back at the most unexpected time. You'll be sitting typing on your computer. You could be lying in your bed. You could be away on holidays, sunning yourself on some sort of Mediterranean beach. Christ will come back like that. At the most unexpected juncture. Two people doing a day's work. And he comes. Not only will there be revelation on that day 
for those who believe and also for those who remain in unbelief, but that day will be a rigorous day. It's a day in which we must be alert, aware, and prepared. It's otherwise known in the Greek as the parousia, which means Christ's return. That's why today, folks, is the hour of redemption. That's why today is the hour of opportunity. That's why this service is the opportunity to respond to the Savior again. That's why this day of remembrance is a day to remember about yourself and to think about where I'm going and what sort of state am I going to be in if I was to be taken today or if the Lord was to come back today. Are you alert? Are you aware? Are you awake? An hour of redemption. Two people out doing a day's work, one taken, one left. Two men, two women. But we also see that there was a man who had a house. Because not only is there an hour for redemption and repentance, but there's an hour for being ready. What do we see about this man? Jesus uses that as a pericope, I suppose, of, of where we are all at. The master of the house, if he had known what time the thief was coming in the night, what would have happened? Well, I can tell you here now, if there's a thief ever comes to Kalnati Mons, you'll be looking for a new vacancy convener. <laughs> because I'll be in McGabry. You can send me a few food parcels if you want. This man was robbed. Why was he robbed? Well, robbers come in the middle of the night, generally speaking. They come under the cover of darkness to hide their deeds. And it tells us here in Matthew 24 that this man was asleep. His house was locked up and he went to his bed, just like any of us do of any given night. And he woke up and found that his house had been ransacked. But Jesus tells us here that if he had been awake, the thief wouldn't have been able to take the stuff because he would have been able to defend his home. We have a picture of a house that's been robbed. But notice the master wasn't away on holidays. He was sleeping. He was upstairs. He was wherever he was. He was having a rest. He was there but he was unprepared for this would-be offender who came to steal his goods. And he was robbed. And folks, so very often we rob God of his glory by the way we behave, by the things we say, and also by the things that we ought to do that we do not do. This man was asleep. For if he had stayed awake, his house would not have been broken into. He would not have let his house. He would have defended his house. How often do we hear people taking the Lord's name in vain and we don't respond? remember being on a bus in Belfast one Sunday afternoon heading down the shore road and there was what I would have called young cutties and everybody will know what I mean by that. These couple of three young girls and their language was horrendous and it was Jesus this and that and the other. And I had a pair of headphones and I always put them in to stop myself from responding sometimes for their good and for mine. But I just lost it. 
It's like, no more. That's here. And I took the headphones out. And I says, these three are past your bedtime. This is about four o'clock in the afternoon. Hey, Muster, what are you doing? And they went at me like this. And I was like, I'm really sick, sore, and tired of you talking about my savior like that. I says, I feel like getting bleach and pouring it down your throat. Not the best thing, really, to say on a bus. Sure, it's not. They're robbing God of his glory because of their behavior and actions towards him. And they didn't know any different because it was like a second language to them. Here's a man who was robbed of his goods because he didn't stay awake. There was robbery in this hour when he should have been ready. There was reflection for him because the master regrets the unguarded house. How many people sitting here this morning are going to regret eternity when you find yourself in it? Going to regret all those times that you had the opportunity to respond to the gospel? Regret all those times that you listened and didn't turn? Didn't repent? All those times you went to gospel mission or whatever, you were at some other sort of a meeting and you heard again and again and again and you said no. Or you said not yet. And folks, there will be plenty of time to reflect on eternity. But there will be no time for reconciliation. Can you imagine what a lost eternity is going to be like? None of us can. But it's not going to be good. And it's going to be an eternal time of reflection for those who find themselves there. Time of pain. Time of eternal suffering. A time of eternal separation from God and from all that is good and righteous and upright and eternally heaven. An hour to be ready. The last thing we see in this hour of readiness also is an hour of repentance. The last verse says, Therefore you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. We must be watchful for Christ's return. We need to be prepared for every hour. <clears throat> These men and women that have given their lives over the years for us were prepared to go and do it. No second thoughts. They just went. And Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners just like us. He gave up his life, the glory of heaven, the perfection of that relationship that exists between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, that triune relationship. He gave up the perfection of heaven to come into sin, sick, and cursed world to save you and me. This is the day of reckoning. This is the day of repentance. This is the day of remembering. Because we need to be prepared for every hour. Therefore, you also must be ready, Jesus says, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Are you ready? Are you ready for that split second? Are you ready for that moment when Christ is coming again? Are you ready?
four years, three months, and one week for a First World War, six years and one day for a Second World War. Jesus Christ went to the cross once for sinners forever. One day, he's coming back. It's time to repent, folks. It's time to turn to Christ. It's time to see that hour of reckoning in your own life. It's time for redemption to visit your house. And it's time to be prepared and to be ready for Christ's return. Let us pray. Thank you.